And we are back, Devils on the Rush, Season 2, Episode 24. Not only are we back, but the Devils are back, the goaltending's back, the fans are back, the excitement's back. Hell of a weekend. Um, but before we get into all of that, um, we, we, we've been away for a while since the All-Star break, and it seems like Nico's message was taken to heart. Uh, they come back and they uh, melt the avalanche. Unfortunately, had a less than stellar goalie performance in the Flames game. Played really well in the Hurricanes game. It fell short. Then they did something that is completely unheard of. They won both games in a back-to-back. And there was travel involved, which is just astonishing in my mind. Um, played not so well in the Kings game, but the one bright spot, Nico Dawes showed up and could have been the entire top 10 of Sports Center. And then the big event, the pride of New Jersey, the stadium series, Gaba Ghoul, Gaba win. Huge win for the Devils against uh, the Flyers in a four-point swing. Alejandro, how you been? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, had a pretty good week of Devils hockey. They got six out of eight points. Um, yeah, doing the math right. So it's uh, they needed that this week, and they've gotten themselves back in the playoff first. So things are looking up. Things are looking up. Um, let's 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 touch on the Colorado game first. Um, this was a big game coming out of the break um, against you know what is probably one or two top cup contender in the West. Um, McKinnon on a 14-point streak. Nico shuts him down. Luke Hughes shuts him down. Um, all in all, just a great performance against the Avalanche. Yeah, and it felt like that game was going to have an all-too-familiar feel to it. And they were up 3-1, and they give up the two goals, 4-on-4. Four four. It feels like they're going to collapse late. Um, but they managed to salvage it with the John Marino goal um, in the last couple of minutes. And then there was the big save by Vitek Vanacek on that Nathan McKinnon partial breakaway that literally saved the game. Um, so it was a good performance from him. They needed that one um, coming out of the break. They needed just to play better, uh, given how they played in that last game against Tampa before the break. Um, and they did play well, and they got, a, I think, a deserved result in that game. They played pretty well against uh, one of the top teams in the Western Conference. And, 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 you know, maybe my memory's failing me. I know they lost the first game this season, um, but over the past couple of years, they've actually played the Avalanche quite well. Yeah, I mean, I think they beat them twice last season, uh, if I remember right. So, um, yeah, they have played pretty well against them. Yeah, and, and this is, you know, a firepower lineup. You know, McCarr, Rantanen, McKinnon. Um, I'm probably forgetting a few names as well. Well, actually, probably not. They have one line. Uh, and then a really good defenseman, a uh, really good yeah. top pairing as well. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, they, they are a, they are a wagon. Um, and, and I think Nico's message got taken to heart. Um, rarely do you see Nico go in the media and, and call out the team like he did. And, and I think it was warranted. Uh, they were not playing good hockey before the all-star break. So kudos to him. Um, he uses his influence um, sparingly, and, and I think that's important because if he if he always calls out the team constantly, then that, that really doesn't mean anything. But to hear Nico speak up like that and, and for the team to respond, it's something you love to see. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, the way the team responded to, um, even in that Flames game, I didn't really think that we'll get to it in a second. I didn't really think they even played poorly. It's just a bad goaltending performance. So. Uh, they've been playing pretty good hockey, really, since coming back from the break. 
And I guess uh, since our mid-season review, I think we need to at least take a little bit on the chin. Uh, our man, Chris Tierney, did score in the Avalanche game. That's right. Uh, so, yeah. so shout out to him. And uh, that was that was more shocking than anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he got that. Um, he scored that goal just like, what, like a minute or two after the Avalanche went up uh, on nothing to tie it at 1-1. So and I think that was the last we saw of Chris Tierney since then, too. I don't think he's... Uh, yeah, he he must have thought, oh man, I scored. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm gonna get back in the lineup. But unfortunately, uh, well, I guess fortunately, because I think Nosek has actually, you know, doesn't have a lot of points, but I think he's been playing pretty good hockey. I think that fourth line has really provided a, a nice spark for them. Good on the four check, um, and, and good at you know bringing some energy when the team needs it. Yeah, they've been playing sparingly, especially Holtz. Um, he's not getting much ice time, but that's. I mean, we're kind of used to that at this point, um, just him kind of riding the bench. So, but um, yeah, I mean, they've been playing pretty decent hockey. I agree. Uh, anything else you wanted to touch on in the uh, Avalanche game? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I already touched on uh, Vanacek playing pretty well that game. I think he had like 35 saves on 38 shots or something like that. In that third period, the Avalanche really gave it to the Devils. Um, you know, I didn't think the Devils were trying to sit back. I think the Avalanche just kind of played well, but he made the saves when they needed to um, late in the game, especially on that McKinnon breakaway. And you know, if they didn't get some of those saves, they probably wouldn't have won. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's you know the one negative that we need to talk about this team is is when they get a lead, they need to they need to go into Carolina Hurricanes mode where they can shut down a team and forecheck. And just roll four lines without having to scramble and and almost rely on goaltending. Listen, you're going to have to rely on goaltending at points, but somewhat of a concerning trend is is they don't know how to close out games that well. Yeah, and sometimes I wonder if um, that's just really the goaltending being terrible instead of them just not knowing how to close out games. I think that could definitely be a factor too. Um, I think they've been better in this stretch here uh, since coming back from the break because of their. I mean the. They've obviously the defense is playing better with these, you know, structural changes they've made too, but they've been getting the goaltending since coming out of the break too, which has helped a lot. Yes, yes, absolutely. All right, let's move on to the Flames game. Uh, I was in attendance for the Flames game and I thought they played well, um, but VTech just gave up, I think, at least three real bad goals. Yeah, it was bad. Even Lindy Ruff said after the game, Vanacek had a tough night. And when Lindy Ruff, who's very rarely criticizes his goaltending, says he had a tough night, you know, that's how he had a tough night. So, And not um, to mention, Markstrom saved the Flames on a number of chances in the first period, second. I mean, he was he was awesome that game. Yeah, I mean, if there was ever a game where you were convinced the Devils should trade for Jacob Markstrom, that was the game. Uh, basically an audition in front of the you know, and the rumors were rampant at that point. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, to see him perform like that, it was just a hell of an audition for maybe a potential future Devils goalie. I guess we'll see what happens with that trade. But, yeah, he was really great, uh, especially early on in that game. Yeah, I think I texted you, and I was like, trade for him at period. Like, that was just that <laughs> I mean, was I saw awesome. People, I saw people saying that on Twitter, too. It's just like, trade for him in an intermission. Well, honestly, it just seems to be a common theme that when we play against all these goalies that were rumored to trade for, it happened with Gibson, 
Um, and we'll get into it in, you know, three games with, with the Preds. You know, Yuri Soros stood on his head for most of that game as well. So, um, yeah, I, I, it's almost like an audition for these guys. Yeah, seriously. Um, okay, uh, let's see. Any other things you want to hit on? I mean, listen, I thought they played well. They just got, they just lost because Vanacek kind of sucked. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that's basically the reason they lost that game. I didn't think they played poorly. And and you know what the the one thing I do want to hit on here is is that I do love this Nico Jesper penalty kill duo because it does kind of bring a spark and we saw it in this game where hey if they really want to try and go get some a goal they can they can make that happen and and that's what we saw here they they pressed high and they forced a turnover with uh, Nico slotting at home yeah that was on the the shorthanded breakaway right and it felt like they were going to tie the game at that point um, but Vanacek. Just gave up an awful goal to Kuzmenko. Yeah, and that kind of sucked the the life out of the team, I think, at that point. What else sucked the life out of it was allowing Kevin Rooney to get his first goal of the season as well. Yeah, that was terrible from Vanacek. Like, he just has no idea. He had no idea where the puck was. And, uh, I mean, we saw that on the, I think, was that the Flames' second goal when it trickled behind him? And then, um, I think, was it Connor Zary put it in the net? Yeah. Um, Yeah. And he just had no idea where the puck was. Um, I thought the whole game, even on the first goal when Backlund scored from the sharp angle, you could tell he wasn't tracking the puck well. So, um, yeah, it was a really, a really rough night from him. Ah, but encouraging because, uh, I mean, Nico and, and, and that Jesper Palat line have just been torrid. Um, I mean, you probably yeah. have the stats on it. They're, they're, I, I, I would assume they're at like a top 10 line in the NHL. Yeah, um, they might even be top five. I guess it depends how you adjust like the minutes, you know, uh, when you look at stuff like that. But yeah, they've been really good. Um, okay, let's move on to the Cur- Carolina Hurricanes game. Um, this was an absolute uh, just defensive brawl. Um, zero zero into OT. Um, they had a couple chances in OT. I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they hit the pipe. Like Jesper hit the pipe a couple times in OT, right? Uh, I'm, I don't remember off the top of my head, but I think Toffoli had like a couple of good chances. Yeah, um, he had a breakaway that was yeah. stopped, and I think yeah, Jack um, put him up, and then Kochetkov just made the saves. But uh, that was an encouraging game for the Devils because you know they've had trouble with the Hurricanes the last couple of seasons. Um, but it was for a zero-zero game. I thought it was actually quite entertaining. I thought both, you know, kind of had a little bit of a playoff feel to it. Um, I thought the Devils played well. They just couldn't get you know any chances past Kochetkov. I thought he played pretty well. And then, uh, you know, to our surprise, they went back to Vanacek that game um, after the Flames Very game. Very much a surprise. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone thought they were going to go to Nico Dawes in that game, but Vanacek, um, and I think everyone, it was a justified reaction to have been surprised or upset that he was starting that game, but at least for that game, he silenced the critics. I thought he played quite well. He made 30-something saves, I think like 32 or 33 saves. Um, 31. Yeah, so he played pretty well. Um, can't argue with his performance. They just couldn't score a goal that game. And and I also think it was um, the first time where we saw the defensive structure finally come into fruition. Uh, the, I guess the updated defensive structure that I guess they had implemented during the All-Star break. Yeah, yeah, I think they had even started it before the All-Star break. They just weren't getting the results yet. Um, but yeah, I think the Hurricanes game was the first one where you saw 
them kind of get the results of what they're trying to do defensively. Um, so yeah, that was definitely an encouraging sign and you know, kind of, I don't know if I wanted to say set the tone for the rest of the, the week coming up, but uh, those changes weren't like a one-off and you know, in hindsight, they weren't a one-off that kind of carried into the, the new week. Absolutely. I think they've, um, they've done a, done a great job defensively. Um, Pretty much, I mean, you know, pretty much since then, I, I think, you know, the Flyers had just all their goals were pretty much in high danger scoring chances up the middle in the slot. Uh, I mean, God, Tippett has a wicked shot. Yeah, he's a, he's um, a good player. He's a good player. I, that that Giroud deal is looking better and better, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, let's let's go to the Seattle game. Um, this this was a good old fashioned Devils hockey game. Um, I think they dominated the Kraken through and through. Um, they took the early lead. Um, they got a what has been pretty stagnant power play. They finally got a power play goal with Toffoli. Uh, then Hughes with the uh, with what I guess is his trademark goal now um, off the head and in um, for him. And, and and Dawson Mercer woke up a little bit. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on the uh, Kraken game? Yeah, so that was like, and I, if I remember right, I wrote in the preview for that game, like that was, that was the, their season was predicated, like how their, their playoff hopes started that week and it started with the Kraken game. Um, and I thought they played really well. They didn't mess around coming out of that game. Like the Kraken, I'd be surprised if they got a playoff spot in the Western Conference at this point. I think they're kind of like the Islanders of the West. They're kind of loser point merchants. Uh, they got, double-digit overtime losses. They don't have a lot of firepower. They're a good defensive team, but their goaltending is kind of suspect, even though Joey Decord's been good this season. Um, that was just a game that the Devils had to win. Like, if they lost it, that that would have been unacceptable. And uh, they made no mistake about it. I think the Kraken did push back a little bit in the third period, um, but I thought the Devils did a good job kind of keeping them to the perimeter. Nico Dawes had to make some tough saves. And we actually, that was a bit of a surprise to see Nico Dawes play that game because based on the way Vanacek had played against Carolina, everyone assumed that he was going to play, but it turns out he was sick. And then he also was nursing a minor lower body injury that he suffered in the Carolina game. So, and that was a tough spot for Dawes because he hadn't played in, I think, close to two weeks, even a little more than that. So you didn't know how he was going to look, but he looked Great. Uh, he was rested. Um, Posted a nine nine six four save percentage. Yeah, I think he's. I don't remember off the top of my head, but he saved over a goal above expected. I think it was like a goal. We'll, and a we'll, half we'll get to that for stat attack. Don't, oh, don't okay. be stealing. Yeah, don't be stealing my thunder here, kid. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, so uh, I'll, I'll, I'll save that. Um, but yeah, he was really good that game and uh, kind of set the tone for his week because little did we know he would be starting the rest of the week. So, uh, but getting that go good goal netting performance was definitely a help. And was that the game where Jack said it's a lot easier to get saves? Um, it's a lot easier to get win when you get the saves, right? Yeah, he said it. After <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was a so classic much. Jack interview. And listen, yeah. I love it. Listen, I I love personality out of these players because most of them it's just this, you know textbook answer oh the team played well yeah yada yada it yada deep, blah 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 yeah 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 play play hard get the four lines rolling getting getting yeah. you know all the company lines out yeah um but the fact that jack brought some brings some personality to this team i love it i love it like he's he's the oddball he's the i mean obviously he's the superstar but you know he brings the personality to these press conferences um unlike you know 
where Nico obviously has to keep it level-headed and steady as the captain. So it, it's nice to get a little insight into it. Yeah. Because you, you have to be thinking the players are thinking this, right? Oh, they know. Uh, they definitely know. Yeah. 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 Especially after the Flames game, right? Yeah. Like, they know for sure that the goaltending has been a problem this season. I mean, Jack saying that, um, you know, I think kind of just sums up probably what a lot of the team was thinking anyways. So, um, yeah, it's definitely easier to get the wins when you get the saves. That's for sure. Oh yeah, and the saves have been coming. So let's let's move on to what has been an, an awful record for the Devils this year. The second half of a back to back, and not only was it the second half of a back to back, they had to travel to Nashville uh, for this game. So I'm sure they got in at like 3 a.m. or something like that um, into Nashville, and then they come out and they, you know, they gave up the first period goal to Ryan O'Reilly on the power play. I. I don't think it was anyone's fault. I thought it was just a good play, right? I thought the, yeah, the, I, the, I thought the Panthers, you know, made a pre, sorry, Predators made a made a good play there. Um, but then Jack comes, gets his goal, um, which was good. Uh, you know, then it's still two one going into the third. But you felt that they were playing good hockey. It wasn't that they were getting pinned in and dominated. I thought they were playing really good hockey. Um, and then and then the Swiss the Swiss duo comes and steals the show in the third period. Yeah, they were playing really well that game. Like, they deserve to win, and you know, I mean, Saros and the Devils, that's kind of been a thing, too, not just Markstrom. He was putting on a pretty good audition himself uh, through the first two periods of that game, at least. Um, he was def- The Devils were definitely getting goalied uh, you know, through the first 40 minutes, but they, the chances were there, I think. You know, when, once the game was over, they ended up uh, with like five expected goals um, at five on five, which is a pretty crazy number. Um, they're getting a ton of quality. 47 yeah. shots, too. 47 yeah. shots. So I think that, listen, maybe, you know, there's always the age odd thing. How how dangerous are a lot of those shots? Are you just getting pucks on net like the Hurricanes, or are you actually in, in, in high danger areas? They were in high danger areas and. For two periods, Sorrow stood on his freaking head. Yeah, no, they were definitely getting quality chances that game. And uh, just going, even though they were trailing 2-1 going into the third, it, it, like you said, it never really like felt like, like it felt like that they were going to come back and at least get a point out of that game. Because uh, you never know with Soros, even though Soros hasn't had the best of seasons, he's still UC Soros. So, um, and the Predators have been somewhat of a boogeyman for the Devils, right? They haven't yeah. won in Nashville in 15 years or something like that? Yeah, I think their last win before that game was like 2009 uh, in Nashville. Was Fitzgerald still on the team? Well, first, right, yeah, seriously. <laughs> I think it, they had won in uh, Nashville like in shootouts and stuff, but I don't think they had a regulation win there since 2009. Because um, so, I remember in the 17-18 season, there was that huge game um, when they were trying to get into the playoffs and they went into a shootout. And you remember Kyle Palmieri sitting on the bench. He couldn't watch uh, in the shootout, and they won that game. So, yeah, I, I remember that one. So it was regulation when they hadn't gotten in Nashville since, like, 2009, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. But, yeah, they broke that trend, and they deserved to break the trend because they played really well that game. They were, they were definitely the better team. Uh, you know, I think the only reason that the Nashville kept it close is because Saros stood on his head. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and shout out to Timo. Thought he had a really impactful game. Not only did he score the game winning goal, but, um, he was throwing his body around. I thought that that third line was probably their best, one of their best games this season. 
Yeah, was it Meyer, Lazar, and uh, Mercer? They played pretty well together, and that was one of Meyer's better games uh, of the season for sure, too. Um, got a typical Timo Meyer goal, getting uh, you know into the dirty area and kind of scoring from there. He also set up Dawson Mercer for a couple of chances in the third period, too, so he was uh, facil- facilitating better than he has uh, we've seen from him this season, so that was definitely encouraging. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and then Nico tops it off with the empty netter. Um, and since coming back, he's been <sighs> lights out. Yeah, he's been uh, fantastic. Um, we'll get it to, into that a little bit later, too. But um, yeah, I mean, the captain's, uh, he's been fantastic since uh, the break. Captain's doing captain shit. Exactly. <laughs> um, all right, the Kings game. This was, um, they lost, but this was a Nico Dawes coming out party. Um, yeah. Nico stood on his head. I mean, his glove was incredible that game. And that's something that we haven't seen from a devil's goaltender in a long time because we all know Vanacek's weakness, not only not seeing the puck and looking like, uh, you know, he's lost at sea. Um, his glove side is atrocious. Uh, I think the word's out on that, right? And to see Nico Dawes flash the leather, not once, not twice, but thrice on point blank chances. It was it was really encouraging to see. Yeah, there was the one on Kopitar early in the first period, and then obviously the one on Kempe that was like, I mean, just complete robbery of uh, a goal there. There, there was no way that if uh, I mean Kempe scores for sure if he doesn't get the glove there. So, um, you know, I thought it was a missed opportunity for the Devils though because the Kings. I think what lost like fifteen out of nineteen games coming into that one. I think they've they've won. They're on a three game winning streak actually since that. Um, yeah. It was that almost game. like almost like a um, look over game in the sense that you had the stadium series next. You just won a back to back. You know, I I don't. It's it, we have no more schedule losses. Let's let's be honest here. We don't have schedule losses, but it just felt like they they didn't have the juice that they normally would. Yeah, and I thought LA did a good job of just kind of taking the Devils out of their game. They were playing a neutral zone trap, one three one, right from the the beginning. They didn't want the Devils to play off the rush because um, I think the Kings have been one of the worst rush defense teams in the league this season, at least coming into that game. They really slowed the Devils down. Yeah, and they did a good job, and they're bigger. They're a bigger team than us. Uh, yeah, all, their their physicality has always given the Devils trouble. Yeah, so I think that also played a factor as well. And then just the Devils couldn't get any chances on Riddich. Um, Riddich has been good for them since um, taking over for Cam Talbot a little bit, but um, you know they didn't really test them that much. Um, you know, I think the one goal that they got on the power play was you wanted to see more of that against the Los Angeles Kings team where you get in in tight. And I'm talking about five and five, not just the power play. The power play did let them down that game, but. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, it happens. The the Kings are not a terrible team. They're not as bad as they've been, you know, in this stretch where they've lost 15 out of 19 there. They've got more talent than that. So it wasn't really the worst loss, even though you could say it was a missed opportunity. I mean, absolutely. I mean, they had two, three, four, five, six. They were one for six on the power play. Completely unacceptable. Yeah, like you need, it, it you need bad, two dude. or three. Yeah, it yeah. looked awful. Um, the other thing that happened in this game was the mic'd up Jack Hughes. Um, thoughts on that whole situation? Let's let's start with the dirty hit from Arvidsson, Jack's retaliation, then Jack chirping him. 
Well, and then Jack missing the empty net. Um, thoughts on the whole thing? Um, you mean I, I'd like to see the the fire from Jack a little bit too, but I'd like to see him rein it in a little bit because um, as Elliot Friedman said on the thirty two thought uh, thirty two thoughts episode following that game, uh, when you're smashing your stick and stuff like that, you kind of let the other team know that you're in the that uh, they're in your head they're a little head, bit. Yeah. Um, so I would like to see him kind of rein it in there, and not show too much emotion. Um, I understand him being upset about Arvison going to the head with the elbow because that's a dangerous play. Can't be doing that. Um, but when he's smashing the stick and stuff like that, I think he kind of made it know that the he got in their head, but they got in his head a little bit. So you know, you don't see that from him too often. So like, I'm not really. Concerned about it, but um, I mean, yeah. he's definitely held on that breakaway too. Like, yeah. like dude, Arvidsson was all over him. So let's let's be honest about that. That should have been at least a penalty, if not a penalty shot. Yeah, I thought that was a penalty too. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, it it happens. Um, we like I said, you don't see that from Jack too often. So I don't really think he's gonna lose control of himself moving forward. But um, yeah, a little fire doesn't hurt here and there as well. Yeah, say goodbye to the lady Bing baby. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, to Foley, though, um, he keeps scoring, leading the Devils with goals, another power play goal for him. Um, to Foley's just been a great leader on this team. Um, he knows what he's good at and he does it well. Um, and, and I, I know, you know, I, I still think we won the sharing go straight. Yeah, I do too. Um, all right. Let's get into the big event. Um, this was awesome. Just for the state of New Jersey, right? Like, uh, I got there, let's call it like 2.30, brought the fire pit, propane heater, barbecue, um, and you could just see the entire parking lot was devil's flags, devil's fans, and there was just an, an incredible buzz at this tailgate. Um, and it was just amazing to see. Yeah, there was a lot of, a lot of my friends went uh, to the game, too. Uh, seems like they had a good time at the tailgate. I saw Greg Wyshynski was going around before the game, uh, just like surveying the different tailgates and stuff. Um, so that was pretty cool. But the game itself was pretty awesome. Um, I mean, got off to a great start. Nico, you know, I think 32 seconds into the game with the breakaway goal. And then they're off and running from there. Um, you know, it was a must-have game for the Devils, given where the Flyers are in the standings where the Devils are in the standings, and plus Detroit Red Wings had won earlier in the day, so you wanted to stay two points within them for a wild card spot at least. Um, Absolutely. But before we get into the game, there's plenty of pre-festivities. You got Joe Bros tearing it up, Wyckoff Natives, um, you, you know, the the outfits. They won the outfits, hands down. You know, your Rocky outfits were cute, but come on, Sopranos walking in. With with the white tees and the and, and the velour suits and the chains and and shout out to Jesper and Timo with the with the espresso cups and the pinky rings that was just yeah. on point shout out to them on that that was awesome <clears throat> I thought all the pregame festivities the fan fest everything was fantastic um, great day for the NHL great day for the state of New Jersey as I said. Um, and also I know, you know, we talked about it a little bit offline, but I, I personally really enjoyed PK's, uh, uh, intro. I know you might have some different thoughts there, but, uh, whatever it was, it worked for the boys because they came out of the gate, uh, and Nico with the 32 seconds in scoring and the place just erupted from there. Yeah, well, my thoughts on PK's uh, speech changed after Nico scored 32 seconds in because clearly, <laughs> clearly it worked. <laughs> so 
And they played pretty well the rest of the game. So I think he got the boys fired up. So yeah, I'm I'm good with it now. But um yeah, I mean I think everything they showed the Jonas brothers during the first intermission a little bit on TV or the second intermission. Second, second, yeah. And then Gaslight Anthem, um, you know, the goal song, obviously the devil's goal song. <laughs> Well, it was funny that, uh, you know, I don't think they were ready to go when Nico scored so quickly into the game because you could see them scrambling to get their uh, instruments all ready because, um, you know, it, you don't expect a goal in the first minute. And yeah. it actually happened in both games, but, um, it, it was kind of funny to watch them scramble a little bit. And, and, and now, you know, with the new mic'd up, um, piece that was released this morning I saw just that. Hearing, yeah just hearing all the players just so excited um with, for nico on his first goal and then you know some some pretty unsung heroes came up to play too right um obviously to foley's not an unsung hero we, we sing his praises quite frequently um and that was a great you know tr- that was that was a to foley goal right you know rebound pop it in um but nate bastion with an absolute snipe down the wing and that goal was you know even more important i i know brendan smith scored before them but it was important because the devils were getting hemmed in in the second period it was not looking good um and 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 credit to nico dawes because he made some stellar stellar saves um but to get those goals to bring it back to a two-goal lead going into the third was perfect. Yeah, I mean, it looked like the Flyers were going to tie it up at some point in the second period. Um, they got, I think they finished with 25 shots on goal in the second. Um, they were generating some chances too. Um, but yeah, Nico Dawes was fantastic. He made a, a bunch of timely saves to keep the game at least a 2-1. And then, yeah, you get the, the the goal out. I mean, you wouldn't expect Brendan Smith to score from where he was, but he was down in tight. Great, great play reading it, right? That's yeah. a great I mean, severe pinch. Like that's not just a pinch. That's a that's a great read on his play. And I think he even shoveled it in with his backhand. Yeah, it was on the backhand. Yeah, and I think Nico was shooting for the rebound there for sure. It looked like it the way that he placed the shot. It was low to the the ice. Um, I think he was trying to shoot for a rebound there. So credit to him as well. Yeah, and 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 in the second period, it looks like you know they got a little bit away of just getting the puck on net. You could tell Eason was not comfortable in net. Um, he was not seeing the puck well. And, and I think I texted it to you at intermissions. Like, we just got to get more pucks on net because this guy is, he's scrambling back yeah. there. Yeah, it's kind of weird because if you look at the Urson's numbers, like... Urson, sorry, yeah. not, not Eason. Urson, yeah, it's, yeah, it's all good. Um, if you look at his Urson's numbers, or Erson, I think, um, his numbers, like, were actually, he saved, like, what was expected to him. But, like, if you watch that game, I thought he was pretty bad. Um like the the first goal, he, he just got completely opened up by Nico. Well, he was giving Vanacek like rebounds away. Yeah, that, I mean the Toffoli goal is a perfect example of that too. But and then even Brendan Smith's goal, pretty pretty juicy rebound. Uh, Nico's second goal, there was nothing he could have done about that. That was just kind of a wicked shot. But yeah, Nico I think he have played that well. At least three or four. Yeah. I can't believe he didn't have a hat trick. What would we've done if he had a hat trick? How would we've gotten hats on the ice? It would have been his first career hat trick too, which would have been crazy. Uh, he hit the post in the third period like shortly after he scored his second right goal. in the slot yeah yeah so he came close to getting his third one um and then he i think he missed the wide open net on the the empty net attempt too so just like off the side of the net if i remember right so he came close but i mean it doesn't take away from how great he was that game it was like i wrote in my takeaways from my subs the sub stack it's, it was the nico shows both nico's in that game that were uh, kind of impressed at MetLife Stadium. And uh, yeah, they're not getting that win without Nico Dawes playing the way he did in the second period. Allowed the Devils to build that uh, 3-1 and then 4-1 lead and 
yeah, you need like um, you know timely contributions from players you don't expect every once in a while. And, like Bastion and Smith scoring those two goals were huge because uh, you know I think the Flyers probably would have tied it if they didn't score and go up three one four one, and it kind of took the momentum away from the Flyers for a little bit. You could tell they were. And at least to me, I thought they were a little shell shocked at that point because of the way the game was going. They were playing really well, then all of a sudden they were down three goals. So I was uh, sitting in the uh, same section as the Flyers Wags. Oh. Um, so that yeah, so there was some very long faces uh, throughout that game. They, <laughs> they they brought some heat in the first period, but as soon as the Devils scored thirty seconds in, that was shut them right up. Um, <laughs> shout out to, I mean, I, I hate giving other players shout outs, but Owen Tippett. I mean, yeah, he's my God, this, he's, oh, he is a power forward through and through with a wicked wrister. I mean, both of those shots, if not bore down pretty close to it, right? I mean, they were, they were pretty wicked. Yeah. The second, I think the power play goal, he didn't, he scored that wasn't barred down as it just, I think Nico was, the Oz was screened and he couldn't see the puck, but yeah, I mean, they were both pretty, pretty great shots. Um, that, like you said, the Drew trades looking pretty good for them these days. Uh, I don't think, you know, I don't think they maybe expected Tippett to be, what does he got? Like 21 goals now, but, uh, he's back to back 20 goal seasons. And, uh, yeah, he looks like a pretty good player for them for sure. Yeah. Um, also, another shout out to Bastion with the celebration oh, yeah, uh, and then talking about it. You know, not being a goal scorer is not you know not always the best idea to plan a celebration. But I am so happy he scored because if we didn't get that celebration, it just added to the night, right? It just added to the jersey, the Tommy DeVito story, um, and it was just a perfect night. And then even to come back out for the interview in costume, like they just made it so much better. And it just, oh, I just loved it all and. Nico um, dropping the f bomb with Emily Kaplan, but like in the cutest way possible. Yeah, like he was like, yeah, he's covering yeah, his just mouth. In the Nico way possible. Yeah. Um, love hearing the story that Nico took care of the costumes, had it in everyone's locker, like it was set. To me, and I was thinking about this earlier today. It was like this is this was Nico's graduation party, right? He comes from being the prince to the king. This is his team. You know, he's the king in New Jersey right now. Uh, in my mind, no doubt about it. Nico Heischer, with this being the only sports organization in the state of New Jersey, he is the king of New Jersey. Stamp it, put it in the headlines. This is Nico's state. Yeah, I uh, got nothing to add to that. That's very well said. <laughs> um, Wow. Um, and, and the one thing I wanted to shout out is all the Devils fans. You know, we've been... We've been criticized. We've been derided for, you know, not showing up or, you know, being a weak fan base. This was our coming out party, too. We give a shit about this team. We care about this team. You had all the feels. It just like it was just such a great moment for the organization. Um, and to and to and to put bodies in that big ass football stadium, come loud, come proud. Um I just had all the feels uh, driving home after that game. Yeah, I mean, that was definitely a Devils home game for sure. It was pretty much all Devils fans. So, um, yeah, that was definitely cool to see because, like you said, you know, people always make fun of the Devils for, like, attendance. And, well, I think it's maybe mostly Rangers fans who make fun of Devils for the attendance stuff. But, um, yeah, yeah so we don't have 8 million people uh, on our island, Yeah, uh, you know. So, yeah. And, and the um, other thing is, is we have to compete with two other fan bases in the state alone. So it's just, you know, for how small a state it is. Um, 
you know, even Brendan Smith talked to it. Shout out to Brendan Smith. Great post-game interview. He shouted out the fans. So you could tell the team appreciated. So to all the Devils fans listening today, let's keep it up. Let's keep this momentum going. Let's rock the pro. Let's rock the pro for the last, was it 28 games, I think it is. Let's let's show them that we care. And let's go into this playoffs hot. You know, I don't care. We're making it. I'm, I'm, we're making the playoffs. That Without question, we're making the playoffs. And we're going to come in hot. Oh, bold, bold prediction here from the fisherman. Listen, I am just juiced. I was ready to run through a wall at 2.30 that day. By the time we got to the third period, I was ready to jump on the freaking ice. (laughs) (laughs) I can definitely see that. (laughs) Uh, I'm sure you felt it in my text, too. Uh, (laughs) um, All right, should we we take a quick break, and then uh, we'll get into our favorite segments? Yeah, sounds good. Hey everyone, Alex from Devils in the Rush here. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. We have some early games today for President's Day, starting with the Dallas Stars and Boston Bruins. The Stars are at plus 110 on the money line, while the Boston Bruins are at minus 130. On the puck line, the Bruins are plus 195, while the Stars are at minus 238. We also have the Toronto Maple Leafs and St. Louis Blues, with the Blues at plus 130 on the money line, and the Maple Leafs at minus 155. On the puck line, the Blues are minus 180, with the Toronto Maple Leafs at plus 150. Later tonight, we also have the Vegas Golden Knights taking on the San Jose Sharks at 4 p.m. Eastern, with the Sharks at plus 220 on the money line, and the Vegas Golden Knights at minus 270. We also have the San Jose Sharks at minus 112 on the puck line, with the Vegas Golden Knights at minus 108. Finally, later tonight at 7 p.m., we have the Ottawa Senators taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning in an Atlantic Division matchup with the Lightning at minus 162 on the money line, while the Senators are at plus 136. The Senators are minus 170 on the puck line, while the Lightning are at plus 142. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on boot on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. And we are back with our favorite segments and, and a look ahead to the to the next week. Um, let's hop right into it. Stat attack. All right, Alejandro, what do you got for us? Yeah, so stat attack. I'm going with uh, Nico Heischer stat attack this week, and I'll probably lump Andre Palat and just Brad into it a little bit too, since those have been his most common line mates. Um, but over the last, let's see, seven games, Nico Heischer had, leads the team in expected goals share at 64.28%. Palat and Jesper Bratt are right behind him at 63.2% and 61.9%. Um, 
the Devils are outscoring their opponents eight to three with all three guys on the ice um, over that time at five on five. Of course, um, they've been one of the best lines in the NHL. I mean, they've definitely been the Devils' best line this season, but they've also been one of the Devils' best lines this season. Uh, one of the league's best lines this season. So you know, I think we talk about like how Palat really doesn't he maybe doesn't deserve to be in the top six or something like that, but he's definitely been playing as well. And then just for Brett and Nico, you sure. I mean, they're dynamite together. They've always played well together, dating back to since when they've come into the league together. And was that 17, 18, I think. So so they may not be peanut butter and jelly, but they're peanut butter and fluff, right? Yeah, Is that something what we're like going to go with? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, I mean, you could even maybe say they're peanut butter and jelly. They've, they've been pretty dominant together. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think they're a big reason why the Devils have kind of gotten it going here since the All-Star break, too. I mean, Jack coming back obviously helps, but... Nico Heischer has been great, and then his line mates have really played their part as well. Yeah, I and it felt like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought like towards the end of the second and the start of the third, it felt like they were on the ice like almost every other shift. Like I, I don't, I haven't looked at ice times, but it felt like they definitely were on the ice more um, than a lot of the other lines. And uh, I could be wrong, and it might just be a feeling I had, or maybe I was, you know couple too too many beers deep but um <laughs> it, it felt like um they let's see nico Heischer played 22 minutes jesper bat played 21 okay palat played 14 but um yeah they they were out there but i think timo hopped on that line for a little bit as well in the third am i wrong uh maybe i didn't catch that if that was the case um but i mean yeah I mean, palat he sure brat um, they were their best line in the stadium series too. They were, they were, you know, it felt like anytime the Devils were getting their chances is when those three were on the ice. So and I think Palat ended up with two assists that game, and Brat got a, you know, he only had one assist, but I thought he was maybe their most threatening player uh, after Nico Heischer. And he had that ridiculous spinorama. Yeah, that, I mean, he he was creating chances. He had a, quite a few of them. Yeah, no, you are right. Palat had two assists plus two. Um, and Brendan Smith with a multi, is this his first multi-point game? Uh, Yeah, it might've been for sure. Um, I I, I can't, uh, I know this is stat attack on the top line, but Brendan Smith came to play and, and Mark Messier, he is not the backbone of this team. Like, can you watch some freaking hockey and like then commentate (laughs) on the game? He is the backbone of this game. He is so washed. It's unbelievable. I mean, legend of the game legend of the game don't get me wrong but absolutely washed when it comes to commentating <laughs> i won't comment on that um but yeah uh i think that was a great side attack now for mine i'm gonna go to the other nico because this kid deserves a shout out this kid has been i, I mean he's technically canadian german yeah Is that right? his dad's german so he has dual citizenship yeah, so good for him. Um, and listen, is he is he entering the conversation for the national Canadian team? Maybe because <laughs> they don't have any goalies. Yeah, their goalies are rough. Dirt bag. Um, all right. Since Nico Dawes has come back, um, he's the, the, these are his stats: one goal on two point three uh, six expected goals against versus Seattle. Did I say that right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> okay. 
He let up two goals on a 3.34 expected goals against Nashville. He had two goals on 3.5 expected goals against, against the Kings. And then he let up three goals on 3.8 expected goals versus Philly with a total of eight goals on 13 expected goals against with a 941 save percentage. I know it's a relatively small sample size, but to do this all in one week, like the kid's red hot. Yeah, I mean, he's bought them a little bit of time to figure out what they're going to do with Markstrom or another goalie. Um, and it's it's going to be lower in the price the longer they wait. Yeah, I agree with that. And then I think he's also, I mean, they needed to win. They needed to get six out of eight points this week, and they got it largely, not largely, but a significant factor was his goaltending this week. Um, the best stretch of hockey that they've, the of goaltending they've gotten this season, and it came at the best time. So, uh, yeah, I mean, when they he, needed it most, Nikos showed up. Yeah, I mean, hopefully he keeps it up. You know, I don't know. I mean, nine forty save percentage isn't sustainable moving forward, but uh, yeah, I mean, you you hope he keeps it up until at least they figure out the goaltending situation on the trade market. Am I gonna have to name my first kid Nico? <laughs> you might, yeah. <laughs> if these kids bring home a cup, I think it's almost like in, in the books, right? Yeah, I mean, we'll see what Mrs. Fisherman has to say about that, but. Listen, she doesn't follow hockey, so she won't know why I'm doing it, but I think Nico's a strong name. <laughs> I agree with that. The only player she knows is Jack, so we're good there. <laughs> um, all right, let's, you know, vibes are high, and, you know, but we, we got to go to the dungeon because, you know, not every player has been stellar. Um, and so let, let's, let's get a little warm, a little toasty on this cold day and hop in the Devil's Dungeon. Alex, who are you going with? Yeah, so I'm actually switching it up from what we said before we started the show. I'm going with the Devil's Power Play. Um, Ooh, you're yeah. taking a page out of my book. Yeah, yeah, the Devil's Power Play. No bueno. Um, they got to figure. I think they're what, like two out of like their last 35 or something like that around there. Maybe a little. Really, bit no bueno. Yeah, they need to figure it out. Um, for five in the stadium series, one for six against the Kings. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess just, a little bit in fairness to them, the Kings and the Flyers have the number one and number two ranked penalty kills in the NHL this season. One for five against the Kraken, and they're yeah, their penalty kills four. not good. So um, they need to figure it out um, going forward because they're going to need it to to get back in the playoff race. They're going to need it to start clicking again. Well, they are. In well, the look playoff at the race Rangers. Look at the Rangers. The Rangers got back in that game because of their power play. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. I mean, those last uh, couple of goals I think they scored were via the power play, right? So, uh, yeah. in regulation at least. So, yeah, I, they they need to figure it out. Mika Jabanajad, power play merchant. Yeah, he's got like three five-on-five goals this year or something like that. It's kind of crazy. It's a big game Thursday. It's a big game. <laughs> Um, all right, who am I throwing in the dungeon? Uh, I'm going to throw who we actually previously talked about, Dawson Mercer. Um, and listen, he still has a good amount of goals this season and points, but there's too many times where the little newfie is absent. He's just not showing up, and, and, and we need that third line to show up if we're going to make a run. Um, we need the consistency out of Timo and Dawson. Because Curtis Lazar is not a passenger. I know he's not the most skilled player. I know that he doesn't have hands um, like the the person that will never play in hockey again, um, and rightfully so. I mean, uh, just disgusting, absolutely disgusting. But 
I need Dawson to show up more nights than not. And there's too many nights where I feel like he's a passenger. Um, because if he shows up, like maybe we can get something out of that second power play unit. Because just as bad as the first power play is looking, the second unit looks worse. Um, and they can't even gain the zone with the second unit. So I don't know what we need to do. And I know Lindy talked about it a little bit, but, you know, going to the power play. That Luke, you know, it's tough that this is probably the only power play where we have a rookie defenseman um, quarterbacking both of them. Yeah. Um, so that, you're definitely missing Dougie there. But I need Dawson to show up more nights than not. I need him to be that gritty player. I need him to be that player that's intercepting pucks on the four check because we know he can do it. He's just not doing it consistently, and I love you, Dawson. You're one of my favorite players, but please, I need, I need it more. I need more consistency. Yeah, I agree with that. They, they need him to be more consistent for sure. Uh, and I think I don't know. It's kind of tough. Whenever he's not with Jack or Nico, it feels like he doesn't produce. So um, it'll be interesting to see because I don't think they're going to be switching up the lines anytime soon. It'll be interesting to see if he can get it going with Timo and Lazar. Absolutely. All right, Whew. all right. That was. I'm getting a little toasty, so let's hop out of the dungeon. <laughs> all right, uh, let's go into the three stars of the week. So this should be fun. Um, so why don't you kick us off with your third star? Yeah. So I mean, I talked a little bit about him in um, you know in the stat attack, but Andre Palat has uh, six points in his last seven games, so he's my third star of the week. Um, he's he had been, two goals in that Flames game. Yeah, he's got two goals. Four assists, uh, two of those assists were primary assists. Um, I think he's actually been pretty good this season. Uh, I think he's, he, you know, he doesn't, I mean, the contract will never look great, but he's been pretty good this season. Uh, I think he's been a little lucky off, unlucky offensively and then defensively. He's been really good. I think he's been one of their best defensive forwards this season. And uh, so a little credit to him. I think he's playing probably his best hockey of the season right now. Well, the thing is, is he's a perfect complement to Nico and Jasper, it seems. You know, he's going in the corner, getting the puck, and letting the other two do the magic, which is almost kind of what you need on these on these top lines. So he knows his role, and he's really starting to play to it this season. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, my third star, actually, is going to be Jackie Hughes. Um, since he's been back, um, I don't have all the stats, but he's been playing well. You can notice there's a, a, a definite spike in the Devils' play and momentum. Um, every time he's on the ice, he, he generally makes something happen. Obviously, we got to live with some of his turnovers, just like his brother. But it's been good to see him play. Um, and yeah, for me, Jack Hughes, third star of the week. Yeah, that's a good one for sure. All right, you want to give us your second star? Yeah, so second star, uh, Jesper Bratt has been fantastic the last couple of uh, weeks as well. He's got eight points in his last seven games. Most of them are assists, but... Uh, I mean, who cares if you're facilitating play? Who really cares? Uh, five of those assists are primary assists. Um, yeah, I think I think you probably have a good idea of who my first star is going to be at this point. But Jesper Bratt, he's been, uh, you know, I think the Devils' best player this season. Uh, you know, I think the the thing that I like about him is even when Jack Hughes was going down, it felt like he took over games, and he's been playing really well. Hard to argue with what he's been doing the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and and for me, uh, I completely agree. Like, I I think Jasper is very much deserving of the second star this week. But for me, it's got to be Nico Dawes. Um, you heard my stat attack. The kid, the kid's taken the net. Right? There's no even question now. The kid's taken the net. Um, and 
without him, this team wouldn't have gotten the points they've gotten in this. They wouldn't have won the stadium series game. They, you know, they wouldn't have won uh, some of the games last week. So for me, it's got to be Nico Dawes at the second star of the week. Yeah, that's definitely, he's definitely deserving of it. So, and then you know, my first star will be the other Nico, obviously. So I think um, we're both there, right? Yeah. I think our love affair with Nico is uh, quite evident. Yeah, I mean, he's been crazy good the last couple of weeks. Uh, he's got 10 points in his last seven games. Obviously, was one of the stars of the stadium series. They don't win that game without his performance, too. Um, he's, he's like we said earlier, he's doing captain shit. So, um, yeah, it's hard to argue with the results that um, he's been putting up over the last couple of weeks. And if he continues that, they're definitely going to get back into a playoff spot at some point. Stamp it. The king of New Jersey, Nico Heeshear. Don Heeshear. Podcast title name right there. Don <laughs> Heeshear. Let's go. Um, this is Nico's state. This is Nico's team. And this is Nico's moment. Let it continue. Yep. All right. Should we look at the week ahead? Yeah. All right. Um, so we got the boogeyman tomorrow night uh, down in Washington. Um, huge game, but the Capitals are a little injured um, as well as um, Kuznetsov, uh, unfortunately, is back in the player uh, assistance program. So um, shout out to him. You never want to see that. That's... Um, you know, wishing him the best, right? He's a hell of a hockey player. Um, uh, Ovechkin seems to have picked it up a little bit. I think he's got six goals in six games or something yeah, like something that. Like that. Um, yeah. uh, and then we move along to the Rangers game at home. This is going to be an absolute barn burner. This game is going to have emotion. It's going to mean a lot. Uh, the Devils are finally playing good hockey again. The Rangers are... They're just staying what they are. They're they're pretty much the class of the Metro right now. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who the Na- Rangers trot out there for uh, for the game. Um, and yeah, it's going to be a big one. I you know it, I can't I can't speak to it enough. It's going to be a massive game um, and one that hopefully they can win. Listen, does it mean much? The Devils are not catching the Rangers this year. Let's let's be honest. They're not catching the Rangers. It's not so much as a four-point swing as it was with the Flyers. But this is this is a massive game down the stretch. And, and it will really be a good measuring stick to see if this team is is back to, to where they need to be from a performance standpoint. Um, and then we finish the week with a, another back-to-back. God damn you, Gary Bettman, with these back-to-backs for the Devils. Um, with the Habs and the Lightning. Um, the Fishermen will be in attendance for the Habs game. Um, and, and the Lightning game, it's at home, but that's going to be a tough one. They're a tough team. So, I mean, expectations, you know, another six out of eight? Yeah, I think they kind of need that, right? Um, you know, I think the, the the Capitals have been their boogeyman, but they're not a good team anymore. Like, you got to win that game. Um, I think, what, do they have one win against the Capitals this season? Or are they? Yeah. Uh, so, I think they're one and one. Yeah, I think so. Um, anyways, they got to win that game. The Caps are not uh, unlikely they make the playoffs at this point. Um, I mean, they're still within reach, but uh, it doesn't seem like they're going to be a playoff team. You got to win that game. Uh, yeah, and then the Rangers game, I mean, that's a big one. Uh, you know, I'd be interesting, like you said, it'd be interesting to see who they trot out as in net. Shesterkin has not looked great this season. Um, wouldn't surprise me if they went to Jonathan Quick, but we'll see what happens there. And then, yeah, the back-to-back. I mean, you have to beat Montreal if you want to to get back in the playoff uh, the playoff race. You can't lose to them. 
Uh, again. Yeah, you can't exactly. lose to them again. Yeah, exactly. You can't lose to them again. So you got to beat win that game. And then Tampa game, we'll see what happens there. I mean, they they just swept the back-to-back before. Can they do it again? We'll find out. Um, but they come away with six out of eight points this week. That'd definitely be a good one. And uh, you know, anything better than that, it's obviously a bonus. A bonus, baby. Um, all right. Quickly, um, we can get into quick trade rumors. It sounds like the Markstrom, there's too much smoke there to not think that this thing is going to get done. Yeah, I think they're going to get it done at some point. Um, I think it was Eric Francis, uh, who covers the Flames for Sportsnet up in Canada, said he uh, thinks it could get done this week. So we'll see what happens there. I feel like that's their guy in net. Um I think more so than Saros or John Gibson, some of these other guys, um, especially Saros. I don't know if the Devils would want to extend them like eight by eight. Uh, you know, when his he's got a year left on his contract, I think they would. And he's tiny. Him. That's yeah. what gets me. He's tiny. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's too much of an issue, just the way he plays. But I think they rather take Markstrom uh, two and a half years, maybe at a bit of a retained cost too. So I think he's their guy. Whether they can get the deal done remains to be seen, but Eric Francis does seem to think that they couldn't get it done within the week. So something to keep an eye on for this week. All right. Well, let's keep the vibes going, Alejandro. Let's keep the vibes going. I'm pumped. You're pumped. Maybe not as pumped as I am because I'm just a nut. But uh, I love this team. I love the energy. So let's keep it going. Let's go Devils. Let's go Devils.